The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to Admiralty Arch. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including members-only podcasts. Have a look by going to www.patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Admiralty Arch is a landmark building in London, providing road and pedestrian access between the Mall, which extends to the southwest, and Trafalgar Square to the northeast. Admiralty Arch, commissioned by King Edward VII in memory of his mother, Queen Victoria, and designed by Aston Webb, is now a Grade 1 listed building. In the past, it served as a residence for the first sea lord and was used by the Admiralty. Until 2011, the building housed government offices. In 2012, the government sold the building on a 125-year lease for £60 million for a proposed redevelopment into a Waldorf Astoria luxury hotel and four apartments. The hotel is scheduled to open in 2022. The arch was designed by Aston Webb, who also designed the Victoria Memorial and the new facade of Buckingham Palace at the other end of the Mall. Admiralty Arch was constructed and completed in 1912. It adjoined the old Admiralty building, hence the name. The building was commissioned by King Edward VII in memory of his mother, Queen Victoria, although he did not live to see its completion in 1912. Admiralty Arch served as the official residence of the first sea lord, including Louis Mountbatten, first Earl Mountbatten of Burma. It also housed various government offices, initially for the Admiralty. The structure, which combines the features of a triumphal arch with those of a government office building, is asymmetrical. As viewed from the mall, the right wing of the building has one floor more than the left. Below the cornice, there are three on the right, but just two on the left. A Latin inscription translated along the top reads, In the tenth year of King Edward VII, to Queen Victoria, from most grateful citizens, 1910. Beneath the building is a warren of tunnels and chambers, including vaults which used to house the government archives. In 2000, the cabinet office moved into offices in the building, while maintaining its headquarters on Whitehall. It was also the home to the Prime Minister's Strategy Unit and the Social Exclusion Task Force. In 2011, as part of the UK government's austerity programme, the building became vacant and was put up for sale for a reported £75 million. In October 2012, the winning bidder was reported to be the Spanish real estate developer Rafael Sereno, who planned to turn the property into a luxury hotel. 
the property was sold as a 125-year lease. In August 2013, Westminster City Council granted full planning permission for the restoration and conversion of Admiralty Arch into a 100-room hotel, residences, and private members club. There is reputedly an underground passage connecting Admiralty Arch to Number 10 Downing Street. As a ceremonial entrance from Trafalgar Square to the Mall, itself the ceremonial road leading up to Buckingham Palace, Admiralty Arch plays an important role on ceremonial occasions. Processions at royal weddings, funerals, coronations, and other public processions, such as the 2012 processions at the end of the Olympic and Paralympic Games, all passed under its arches. The central archway is reserved for use only by royalty. Let's look at the arch through its history. The British government commissioned Admiralty Arch in memory of Queen Victoria. The building forms a wider national memorial designed by architect Sir Aston Webb, which includes the Mall, the Victoria Monument, the Memorial Gardens, and the refacing of Buckingham Palace. The grand project was funded through donations raised in the United Kingdom, the overseas realms, and territories, and had a dedicated committee chaired by Lord Salisbury. Age 37, Sir Winston Churchill was appointed First Lord of the Admiralty. Upon learning of his new role, Churchill commented, This is a big thing, the biggest thing that has ever come my way. The chance that I should have chosen before all others. I shall pour into it everything I've got. The flat in the north wing of Admiralty Arch was originally intended as the new official residence for the First Lords, replacing Admiralty House, but it proved impossible to winkle them out and the flat instead became the official residence of the First Sea Lords. As First Sea Lord, Admiral Prince Louis of Battenberg therefore occupied the flat in the north wing when the order was given to mobilize the fleet in 1914. His son, Lord Mountbatten of Burma, was also resident in later years. Admiral Sir William Blinker Hall was appointed Director of the Intelligence Division by the Admiralty. Within room 40 of the Ripley Building, the oldest building in the Admiralty complex, he encouraged code-breaking and radio intercept efforts and provided the fleet with good intelligence, making the DID the pre-eminent British intelligence agency during World War I. He also encouraged cooperation with other intelligence organizations such as the Secret Intelligence Service, MI6, and Special Branch. Perhaps the most important contribution of Room 40 to the war was the decryption of the Zimmermann telegram, which led the United States to declare war on Germany and join the Allied side. As First Sea Lord, Admiral David Beatty was involved in negotiations of the Washington Naval Treaty of 1922, which limited the navies of Britain, USA, and Japan to a ratio of 5, 5, and 3 with France and Italy maintaining small fleets. In 1927, Beatty led preparations for the Geneva Naval Conference from Admiralty Arch, but the parties failed to reach an agreement and the naval arms race continued, unabated afterwards. Ian Fleming worked as personal assistant to the Director of Naval Intelligence Division, Admiral John Godfrey. Their department became collectively known as Room 39. After the eponymous room at its heart, and Fleming played a key role in 30 Assault Unit, formerly the Special Intelligence Unit. Fleming went on missions throughout Europe, America, and Africa, coordinating special operations for the Allies. He also liaised between the Admiralty and Bletchley Park, the top secret code-breaking institution in Buckinghamshire. By the end of the war, Fleming, codenamed 17F, had been promoted to commander. After his career at the Admiralty, Fleming became a journalist and author, 
and went on to pen the James Bond novels. His experience of the Admiralty undoubtedly provided huge inspiration for the James Bond character, while Admiral Godfrey is generally considered to be the real M. Fleming and Godfrey's confidential missions to the United States and their work with William Stevenson and Bill Donovan contributed to the establishment of the office, which became the CIA. During World War II, the Admiralty provided command and control for the Royal Navy. In September 1939, Germany invaded Poland and Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain invited Winston Churchill to join the War Cabinet as First Lord of the Admiralty. On hearing of his appointment, the Board of Admiralty signalled to all the ships and naval bases, Winston is back. However, Churchill held the post only briefly, for in May 1940, he replaced Chamberlain as Prime Minister and moved to number 10 Downing Street. At the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II, the return procession followed a five-mile route from Westminster Abbey through Whitehall, Trafalgar Square, Pall Mall, Hyde Park Corner, Marble Arch, Oxford Circus, and finally down the Mall to Buckingham Palace. When Her Majesty travels to the Palace of Westminster, for example at the state opening of Parliament, she follows the old ceremonial route through horse guards. For longer processions to and from St Paul's Cathedral, Admiralty Arch is used. Following a distinguished career as a naval officer and statesman, Louis Francis Albert Victor Nicholas Mountbatten, 1st Earl Mountbatten of Burma, served his final naval posting as First Sea Lord and retired as a full admiral. This was the first case in history where both father and son had served as First Sea Lord. During his tenure, Lord Mountbatten occupied the official residence in the north wing of Admiralty Arch. He subsequently served as the Chief of the Defence Staff until 1965 and Chairman of the NATO Military Committee. During the Cold War, the Admiralty buildings contained many secretive departments involved in the planning in case of World War III. Admiralty Arch is known to have housed many of the records produced during this time. The Citadel, built in the early 1940s, and known as the Bunker, would have been used as a nerve center in case of a nuclear strike on the old Admiralty building, on nearby Horse Guards Parade. Two spy films featured the exteriors of Admiralty Arch, The Ipcris Farm, starring Michael Caine, and The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, starring Richard Burton. Admiral Sir Terence Lewin was regarded by many as the best admiral the Royal Navy has produced since World War II. During his tenure at Admiralty Arch's first sea lord, he secured a 32% pay rise for sailors to keep wages in line with civilian rates. Previously, NATO Commander-in-Chief and Commander-in-Chief Fleet, responsible for the operation, resourcing and training of the ships, submarines and aircraft, and personnel of the Royal Navy until 2012. Lewin went on to become a member of the War Cabinet during the Falklands War, providing key support to Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. According to one MOD Deputy Secretary, Lewin became the most powerful man in England. Lewin was also a keen amateur naval historian and leading authority on Captain Cook. The Royal Navy moved out of Admiralty Arch in the 1990s, when the Army, Navy and Air Force headquarters amalgamated in a single building, known as the Main Building on Whitehall. Admiralty Arch remained empty until 2000, when the Cabinet Office moved in, while still maintaining its headquarters on Whitehall. Admiral Sir Jock Slater was the last admiral to live in the north wing of Admiralty Arch and played a key role in the 1998 Strategic Defence Review, having previously served as Commander-in-Chief Fleet and a major NATO commander. On separate occasions, he invited Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mother to lunch. 
Neither had been inside Admiralty Arch before then. In retirement, Sir Jock has been chairman of the Royal National Lifeboat Institute, chairman of trustees of the Imperial War Museum, and chairman of the Council of the White Ensign Association. In 2011, Her Majesty's Government ran a competitive bidding process, seeking a purchaser for the long lease of Admiralty Arch. Prime Investors Capital brought together a unique team of 20 British companies, each a world leader in its particular field of expertise, to bid for the building, and after four rounds, a company was selected as the preferred bidder and awarded a 250-year lease. In 2013, Westminster City Council granted full planning permission for the restoration and conversion of Admiralty Arch into a 100-room hotel, one to four private residences and also a private members club. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at Admiralty Arch, a big building on Trafalgar Square that looks straight down the Mall, yet with so much history in its pure 100 years. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk or through our social media. It's really that easy. Thanks for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.